This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. There have been so many episodes of Spooko that sometimes I can't remember if we've raised a point or not before. And this is one of those points where I'm like, I think we've talked about this before, but I don't think we've talked about this point before in the way I'd like to talk about it today. Is it about how we're sort of confused about Reshes and whether they're sending us any more stuff? Because I really have been meaning to raise that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where we are on that. Bitch, the way to make this work is, okay, so, mm. so like, and, you know, this is not an advertising podcast, but mm. advertising usually works in that you need people to see, or in this case, hear your ad. So you need people mm. from Reshes to hear the end of our podcast. I was wondering if this was the problem that the people at Reshers aren't aware that we're shouting out Reshers. Because, because, because mm. we've got a podcast called Spooko. Yep. That's about horror movie exposure therapy. Mm. And then at the very end, we say, Reshers, what's up? Do you think we should start just saying Spooko presented by Reshers and then just seeing, <laughs> seeing, seeing what happens? <laughs> And so that they can have, like, an internal meeting of, like, hey, who approved this? Like, or whatever. And be like, well, it looks like we've done it now. I mean, look, this crosses over into your thing. Can I? Can we legally be like, Rash sponsors this podcast, even if they don't? I think that's passing off. Like, I actually think that's a breach of the Australian consumer law. But luckily, we're now sponsored by Rashes. So <laughs> it would have been. All right, no. That's not the one thing I want to talk about. What I want to talk okay. about is the fact that podcasting is essentially time travel. Okay. Okay. And I think we've talked about this before in the sense that we record this episode and mm. then you listen to this episode like we're having a conversation. But mm. when we're recording this episode is a completely different world to when you're listening to this conversation. It's the distant past. Like, Shag, it's cold again. It got hot for a little bit, <laughs> but it's wintry weather outside. And for, like, you know, by the time I'm listening to this, Shag, I'm going to shaved off my beard. It's going to be high summer. It's going to be madness. What gets even weirder, though, mm. is when stuff happens in our lives and we need to, mm. we need to record a couple of episodes at a time. So we've Get got them in ep- the can. Yep. We've got a couple in the can. I love your industry lingo. I love when you bring yep. it out. You, you're going to be a filmmaker one day. So, <laughs> so when we do that, mm. then what happens is what happens in every good time travel story is the timeline mm. starts getting a little bit like a little bit iffy because mm. all of a sudden we're starting recording more and more in the future. And then what happens is you can sometimes lose track of when episodes are actually supposed to be placed. Yep. And so you, you find yourself in like a Terminator.com scenario 
where it's like, oh, now we can travel back in time to kill Sarah Connor because <laughs> it turns out the time before when we did the first time, we actually didn't because of the previous film. And so things start to get very confusing. So things are about to get a little bit confusing because this is mm. our Halloween episode that I really wanted oh, to... okay. Well, I, I want to record this Halloween episode right now because mm. we've got a space for a Halloween episode, but we've also got a number of episodes we've also recorded that will now come out after this episode and there might be references in the future episodes where we're like guess what happened last week and it'll be like this episode doesn't exist i'm pretty sure i shout out the shining i think one of the things in the can (laughs) is i just did a solo (laughs) joint on the shining and i feel like i did that like a month ago and and i've sort of forgotten what i said (laughs) well i mean this is going to be weird right because there's going to be a couple of episodes Hmm. in the future where we just don't mention anything that we talk about in this episode at all. And it's going to feel weird, but hopefully now you understand that the time travel continuum that we're in right now is a little bit shaky. Have I told you my idea for a writing camp where I record stacks of Instagram stories? I reckon it's going to be a really good idea. All right. Well, anyway, look, speaking of time travel, today's Mm. film is like one of the funner horror films we've done in a little while. It was one of those Mm. films where I watched it with Adele. And in fact, Adele was sort of watching it by herself, but then sent me a text being like, hey, I just realized this film's a horror movie and it's really fun. We should watch it together. It's a perfect Halloween movie. It's also a movie, Peach, that I think you and any Peach proxies listening could also listen to because the gore and the scares are kind of minimal and the fun and the horrorness is maximal. Today, Peach... We are doing the 2023 black comedy slasher film that also includes elements of meta-ness and time travel called Totally Killer. Uh, It is a good name. It is a good name. And as well, perfect Halloween film. That suggests to me that you want it to be a little bit... Maybe we'll get to this after I've watched the preview. But do do you want a Halloween film to be like a little bit light and a little bit playful? I thought you'd want to get spooked the fuck out. And everyone is in talk to me mode. I mean, I think now that I'm a dad and Mm. Golden Child's favourite time of the year is Halloween, I kind of don't want to show them Hereditary. (laughs) You know, I want to show them Goosebumps. And And Totally Killer. And Totally Killer. So that's where we're at. I'd like to report a crime that hasn't happened yet. Have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Basically, I'm living that movie right now, which is how I know there's going to be a murder tonight. (laughs) Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense. What the fuck? Excuse me, what year is it? 1987. Oh my god. I know. The 80s are almost over and I haven't even tried coke yet. (laughs) Time for my birthday, bitch! Creepiest cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere. What's the big deal? There's a murderer on the loose and you drove us into the woods. <gasps> oh my god! What? I forgot to bring vodka. You have seven and a half hours until you're stuck here forever. I need to stop all this horror before it happens. Did the machines kill us all? No. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. They dance against us. Come on out. Water's warm. Just so you know, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. Just think. 
Maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Yeah, let's not make that the lesson. Oh, Shag, I'm sort of, uh, I'm sort of on guard watching that. I sort of feel a little bit pandered to. I don't feel like the like. I feel like going back to the '80s is much, much, much too old. I feel like going back to the '80s really panders to the like millennials and Gen Xs in the room, and it sort of makes me feel like this movie's already a bit panned out. And even TikTok being about dancing, yeah, I'm sort of just I'm <laughs> I'm on a little bit. Um, I'm on a little bit of like Amber Alert on this film, kind of just missing it. Even a reference to Back to the Future. No one knows what Back to the Future is if you're <laughs> under the age of 35. <laughs> I'm on Amber Alert for this being a bit corny. I don't know. I mean, here's the weird. That in, in fact, you, the, there's so much weirdness about this film. So first of all, yeah, okay. it was directed by uh, Nanachka Khan. Mm whose only other film was like a, a Netflix... Hang on, I've got to get the name of this film. It was like... It was a hit mm. on Netflix. It was a Netflix romantic comedy called Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong. Oh, that was a great movie. That was such fun. Right, yeah. right? So this is this is her other film. This is her follow-up, right? Well, it looks fucking fabulous as well. If like, like if I'm going to drop, drop, drop negative stuff, it looks amazing. Like, aesthetically, it looks fucking fantastic. Second of all, it's got... Mm. Kid and Shipka in it, who's who's been in a bunch of stuff, but got a start as the kid in um in Mad Men as Sally Draper, one of these like child like child stars from our era who's now becoming an adult star, and she's amazing in this film. It's a real Drew Barrymore story, but it's a real Drew Barrymore story. But I think the final thing that I absolutely love about this film is mm. the fact that we've talked about how meta only works when it's sort of serving a purpose. You know, yes. you can't just be like, like Scream came along and we're like, we're a meta horror film. And that worked once. And yes. every other Scream film, it's like, we're still a meta horror film. And it's like, by just releasing the first Scream, you change the horror rules. You can't keep making the same film. I feel like they as well, Scream's like, we have to be meta about being a Scream film. And like, <laughs> and you kind of fall down the like triple, double backflip, reverse axle twist, whatever. Like, oh, okay, like, what are we even critiquing now? So, so what this film does, this film is basically mm. Scream crossed with Back to the Future, but knowingly crossed with Back to the Future. Like the amount of references to Back to the Future in this film are staggering. You've got to stick the landing for that, though. Like, you, like, you know, it's fine for, like, a plot synopsis or it's fine for, like, an elevator pitch of, like, imagine if Scream was Back to the Future. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, most of your audience don't know what Back to the Future is, but fine. <laughs> imagine if you made this film 15 years ago. Oh, now it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Like, <laughs> you know. Well, look, this is going to be a tough sell because once you've decided you don't like something, it's that's basically it. That's the end. Shaq, I'm very open-minded, although, <laughs> like, <laughs> hilariously, apparently, I have very inflexible thinking patterns. So, you know, <laughs> who would believe that of who me? Who would believe that? But one thing I would like to say is that mm. you don't know how people... And, God, I'm going on so many tangents. I'm so sorry, but... No, I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm flexible. You do, <laughs> you don't know how people are going to respond to the art you put into the world until you put it out. Wreshers mm. have just been fucking silent <laughs> with our art. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, case in point are uh, the Feel mm. Bad Club t-shirts. 
where oh yeah initially we were like they only work on white but i've seen people order them in so many different colors and like I, l- I love them all. Like, it, it, yep. it actually looks awesome on every color. Yeah. Thank you so much for not listening to us and just doing your own fucking thing because they look amazing. And in the same way, you know, when we started mm. this pod, the point was, okay, well, this is a way for people to find out about films without actually watching them. But mm. I talked to so many people who are part of the Feelback Club who are like, oh, I can't wait to watch this and then listen. Or... Oh, now that I've listened, I can't wait to watch it sort of thing. And I realize mm. this is kind of a companion, which is lucky because this is a tricky film to explain and uh, not blaming Wikipedia writers, they've given me a five-paragraph synopsis. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get the, the real juice of this film in this podcast, but hopefully you'll get enough of a sell from me to want to go and watch it. And, and like, let's be patient with this synopsis because if you only got five paragraphs to work with a dual timeline yeah. situation with yeah. a bit of meta thrown in, yeah. I, I expect it's going to be challenging. This is going to be can tricky. I, can, I, can I try to give this film a compliment? My expectation is that we leave this film pretty surprised and maybe satisfied with the identity of the killer. Yes, yes, I, 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 yes. I, I remember just, yes. like, I was just sort of watching and I was like, oh, I sus- like, this strikes me that there's been some real thought put behind who is this killer. And why do they appear precisely as they do? And I hugely enjoy the hyper, like, like the Bechdel test 10 years ago was like a thrilling media metric where we're all going like, oh, fuck, this is a fucking disgrace that so few works of art pass this. And I feel like the Bechdel test has now been like gloriously repurposed as a way of thinking about how to, you know, make culture and make media in a genuinely intersectional feminist way. And it strikes me this this may well be one of the works that succeeds in that. I'm I'm really excited. I mean, lots of really good female characters in this film. In fact, most of the characters are female, but still has time for like gory slashing deaths that don't well, objectify women. Like horror, but, but that don't like. I think it's a tough sell to have mm. women's bodies being brutalized by a knife wielding killer and them not to feel exploitative. And somehow, okay. and somehow, this film treads that line. I'm with you. Maybe it is a great film. <laughs> so it okay. winks at me too much. So it does. It winks at you a lot. It spends. Okay. It spends the whole film staring at you, being like, "Get it? Get, get it? <laughs> get it?" Which is fine. I'm going. It's a Halloween movie. It's fine. It can be. It can be laboured. It can be obvious. I guess my point is, I shouldn't get it. Like I'm too old <laughs> to be the recipient of that wink. <laughs> That's pretty much my point. <laughs> That's a good point. This film is like, it has a Gen Z star. You know, actually, you know what? I think it actually, even though it has a Gen Z star, I think it's basically for elder millennials. I think that's who this film yeah, is for. Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm like, I'm surprised I loved it so much. <laughs> it catered to all the things I know. We've been pounded to. You see, oh, TikTok joke. And we were the Instagram generation. <laughs> oh, good all stuff. Right. So in the small town of Vernon, on October 27, 29, and 31, 1987, three teenage girls named Tiffany Clark, Marissa Song, and Heather Hernandez were respectively killed by the Sweet 16 killer, who always wears the same thing, always wears this sort of jacket and jeans, has like one cross earring and like a full body mask that's a blonde surfer dude. I think he's I think his name was Max Headroom. Maybe it's a Max Headroom. Yeah, it looks like Max Headroom to me. Was he was he the surfer or was he that like weird computer generator like yep, 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 yep? It was I'm that like guy. a stuttering stutter, stutter, stutter. It was that guy. So a full head mm. mask that covers their head with a big smile on their face. Classic scream style, because you never actually know who is under that mask. 
Until... And each of them is stabbed 16 times on the nights of their 16th birthdays. Okay. That's the end of paragraph one. Four paragraphs to go. Okay, so we're 20% in (laughs) and we've got like half the premise. (laughs) So in the present day, teenager Jamie Hughes goes to a concert with her friend Amelia on Halloween night while her mother Pam, who is like, I want you to be really careful, stays at home. Pam used to be friends Mm. with the three victims of the Sweet 16 Killer. And while handing out candy, there's like a knock. It's like that classic. This is a scene that happens in Terrifier too where it's like there's a knock at the door, she opens it, and it's someone dressed as a Sweet 16 Killer. Now, Wikipedia doesn't say this, but the town now has turned the Sweet 16 Killer into a bit of a, like, thing. A kind of meme. Yeah, yeah every, okay. every Halloween people dress up like the Sweet 16 Killer. And, in fact, there's this one podcaster who basically does a whole show about it and leads tours around the town. And there's this really great moment at the start that, again, is not in this Wikipedia synopsis <laughs> where... He's leading people on a tour of the town Mm. and someone comes out and goes, well, three people really isn't a serial killer, is it? Which I think is such a great point because can I ask you this? Because this is is a true thing. If somebody's like serial killer, then it's like they killed three people. Part of me is like a bit disappointed. Remember Deadlock? Like, have you watched that yet? Uh, Like, I started watching it and to be honest, wasn't my cup cup of tea. Wow. Mm. Well... the use of that language was a really, like, sort of playfully, like, a really playful um, and interesting part of the plot of, like, try to try to keep a lid on the fact that there might be a difference between a death or two or a murderer and a serial killer. So I don't actually have a good answer, but I like that you're highlighting this issue. Like, oh, you know, it's only three people. Because <laughs> every single death is a universe, right? Every death is, like, yep. someone's entire world just turns off. So it's kind of hard to compare, but still <laughs> when I read <laughs> like, three worlds. if I yeah. see, if I see double digits for a serial killer, I'm like, now we are cooking. Let's read about this person. And when it's less, I'm kind of like, they probably had a bad day <laughs> or something, you know, like, or they just had some bad relationships that turned sour. Like it just, it doesn't feel like a spooky serial killer to me. Okay, so Shaggy got high standards for your serial killers. Yep, I'm about it. Look, I like, I like high standards. It's quantity over quality for me with serial killers. <laughs> it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. All right. Anyway, so so that explains why this person shows up at the door dressed as the Sweet 16 killer. And she's like, ah, oh, nice. tries to hand the dude candy. They refuse. She's like, mm. something's wrong. Tries to close the door on them. And she does. But then they break through the window and get into the house. Okay. They then have this chase through the house where Pam, the mum, is like, you're out of luck. I've been waiting 16 years for you, or however long it's been. I think it's longer than 16 years. It's like, 35 years, yeah. Yeah, I've been, sorry. I've been waiting 35 years for you. And she's got all these mm. weapons hidden around the house. So, like, first of all, she has a gun that she tries to shoot, but the killer grabs her hand and the gun falls out. Then, you know, they have a chase through the kitchen, and very much like the Scream films, the killer does get the shit kicked out of them before they get to kill. Yeah, okay. It's such a big part of the Scream films is how fallible the killers are. That's that's satisfying to me, just right? even from a, plot, from a plot device perspective. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, she almost gets to the next weapon, which is a taser, but the killer corners her and stabs her many, many times, eventually to death. We're assuming 16 times. Okay. As Jamie grieves her mum's death, she helps Amelia put the finishing touches on a time... I mean, look, I mean, 
God, we are jumping ahead in this film, but I'm just going to tell you. Okay, so. How many paragraphs in are we? Uh, okay, so we're in the, we're midway through the second paragraph. Okay. So, so as Jamie grieves her mum's death, she helps mm. her friend Amelia put the finishing touches on a time machine she created for a school project. So Amelia is her friend that she went to a concert yep. with, whose mum is working in a factory, which we learned pretty early on and is probably not super happy with her life. Okay. Because the, she and her daughter Amelia are like super smart and essentially her daughter has been making a time machine for the science fair. While she's doing that, she's approached by reporter Chris Dubassage, who's a big part, who's report, who's also the 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 guy who is. Hang on, give me one second. Um, uh, Chris is also the the podcaster from the present. Okay. Yeah. So Chris is the podcaster. Approaches yes. approaches Jamie uh, and tells her that Pam received a note from the killer that she kept secret that said, "You're next one day." Back in the past. So yes. back in. Back in like the 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 nineteen eighty seven, she got a note. That's why she's been preparing for a killer this whole time. So sorry, that means we never caught the killer. Sorry, no, no. that and, must be right. And, and yeah, that's sorry, that's sorry. the thing. We never caught the killer, and we're assuming the killer is back now, thirty five years later. Okay. At night, Jamie is chased by the killer and hides in the time machine, which by stabbing the knife, trying to get to Jamie into the time machine, activates it. Because, like, you know, it's kind of 80 science rules. Time Machine goes on and sends her back to 1987. And not the 2023 killer. No. Only Jamie's gone back to 1987. Okay. And from here, there's all these really great jokes about how problematic Gen Z would probably find 1987, where, you know, the, the, the science fair was taking place in this decrepit theme park that back in the 80s was buzzing. So when she comes out of this time machine... Everyone's around there just, like, going on rides and stuff, including a mm. guy wearing one of those T-shirts that says, I'm in the FBI federal boob inspector. And she's basically like, do you know how problematic it is you, like, wearing that T-shirt? Which is a funny point because it's like, in 1987, people would wear those T-shirts all the time. And it'd be like... Yeah, classic stuff. It'd Pretty be like, funny. Pretty you'd funny be like, stuff. you, by buying that T-shirt, you've got a sense of humor. Ooh. So, she realizes that if she could... Stop the Sweet Sixteen Killer's original spree. She can save her mum's life. So Jamie, must she, how 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 does she realize she how does she realize that? Uh, look, I don't know. She's like oh, she sort of theorizes that. She's speculating. Yes, I I, I think I think she meets Am- Amelia's mum in the past, who's basically Amelia. Yes, who is also working on a time machine and understands time travel. And they kind of have this. It's it's actually kind of cool where it's like in this film. Time travel isn't as soon as you change the past. It, it, it's sort of like, I think they use the term time is like a river. And so you, you can affect things and things do change a little bit, but essentially time mm. just keeps rolling on. So I, I think what happens in this film, if you go back in time, when you come back to the future, things have changed. But it's not like, oh, now that if my mom dies in the past, I'll never be born in the future, if that kind of makes sense. It's not that kind of time travel. Yeah, not your 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 own grandpa type time yeah. travel. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which I kind of enjoyed. I was like, I like this more. It's easier to follow. <laughs> so, well, yeah, like your your own grandpa is your classic. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> like this doesn't matter. Like, basically. Mm. So she masquerades as an exchange student from Canada and discovers that Pam and her friends were despised by everyone in town because they were bullies. So it's this thing where, like, the mom is, like, super kind at the start, but it turns out in high school she was, like, a total mean girl. 
Jamie manages to convince Amelia's mother, Lauren, and a teenager named Doug, her school's present-day principal, to help her. Although Jamie manages to infiltrate a party hosted by Tiffany, one of the I think that's one of the girls that gets killed, yep, the first girl that gets killed, she's unable to stop her murder because it's this thing where she knows she has her phone with her, so she has the podcast, so she knows where Tiffany's murder happens, but by just going back to the past, she's changed things, so the murder then doesn't happen in the garage, it actually happens in a bedroom. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Which is, right, I'm with you. Which is really fun. So she's got her phone that's running out of battery, she's got the podcast loaded on it, so she knows what the murderer does. But she has to then make changes with that because it's like things change now that she's gone in the past. It's really fun. Anyway, she is unable to stop Tiffany's murder, which is a which is a quite a brutal eighties murder where she's trying to like hook up with this rock star on her parents' waterbed, but then the rock star disappears, and then the killer comes out and then stabs her heaps of times, and then also stabs the waterbed. So there's like blood going up, but there's also water spurting up and everything, and so she's sort of then lying in this this like bloody pool on the bed yeah that's pretty good it's good right it's a good like it's a good it's like in the end of the day this is still a slasher like it's fun it's like very like it's it's a very like comedic film as you'd expect from the director but it's still a slasher film which i respect Mm. using the trauma to bond with pam her mum, who she's at the at this present moment the same age of she infiltrates their group and convinces them to leave for the weekend but this backfires as they end up at the cabin where Marissa was killed in the original timeline. Because she's like, guys, let's go away for the weekend. Let's go to some like condo in like a busy place where we'll be safe. And they end up just picking a cabin. And she's like, no, this is the worst place we could go to. This is exactly where a killer's going to come and kill us. Oh, God. As Jamie works to protect Marissa, Heather is murdered instead, changing the timeline. On Halloween night, The group reconvenes at the amusement park while Lauren works on turning a popular attraction into a makeshift time machine for Jamie to travel forward. So it's it's basically Back to the Future, and and Amelia's mum is like the doc. But no one of an age to go to a movie theatre will have seen Back to the Future, so they'll be like, "This is amazing." (laughs) And also, it's that thing where it's like they haven't invented time travel yet. But because of what Jamie knows from stabbing the knife into the time machine made it work, she's like, oh, it needs a giant conductor. We'll it hook needs it a up. knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chuck Berry's like, oh, that's how guitar riffs work. Sick. In the, in the, that's a really good, that's a really good uh, throwback. Butch. In the present. So now it goes back to the present, which is kind of, and it does, it actually shuffles between the past and the present a bit, which is really fun. In the present, Chris helps Amelia fix their time machine as they realize the timeline is changing. Uh, if, and if you remember, Chris is the reporter. Mm. The group lures the Sweet 16 killer into a haunted house where he attacks them only to be impaled by Kara, the town sheriff in the present, with a scythe. So, so, sorry. So the 2023 No, no, this is in the past. Is this killed. is, in the, this, okay, well, sorry, this is in the past, right? So they've killed mm. the killer in the past and they take off the mask And it's revealed to be Doug, who you remember is the weird kid who she befriends, who becomes the principal in the in the future time. In the future, yeah, okay, that's that's good stuff. Yep, I'm with you. Doug is revealed as the killer, seeking revenge on the group for the death of his girlfriend, who it turns out all the girls called Fat Trish. Marissa, Marissa reveals that she, Tiffany, and Heather got Trish drunk one night, trying to find out the secret because they thought she might have hooked up with a teacher. 
And when she got so distressed, she drove home and they let her drive home and she died in, in an accident. And so Doug wanted to kill them all as punishment. Mm. Now, Pam wasn't present at that. So Jamie's like, well, hang on. Why the fuck would the killer leave her a note saying, Pam, you're next, when she wasn't even there at the incident which caused Doug to become the Sweet 16 killer? Yes. So at this point, the second killer chases after Jamie, killing Chris's father along the way. The two face off in the new time machine, which is in one of those like Gravitron things, which is a, quite a cool place for a final showdown because, yes. because it, like, you can't really move in it, but you can kind of move. So it becomes this thing where it's like the killer's there, they're here, and the killer's slowly inching their way forward to, mm. you know, uh, Mar- uh, to, 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 Jamie. to Jamie and Pam. Anyway, mm. so the two face off in the new time machine as it activates, and the killer is revealed to be Chris from the present. Doug was the original killer, but Chris murdered Pam and forged the new note in order to generate more content for his podcast because nobody really cares about a serial killer that's only killed three people. Ah, okay. The two fight and Jamie kicks him into the spinning machine, killing him, and kills him into, like, pink mist, which is a... Oh, your favourite. My favourite thing. My favourite kind of horror death. Upon returning to the present day, she finds that her mum is still alive, but since Jamie's parents got together earlier than they had originally, she now has an older brother named Jamie, and her name is Colette instead of Jamie, and the and uh, Amelia's mother has created a journal for her to find out all the things that have now happened in her life, so when she comes back to the future, she can be like, oh, right, actually, I'm this, I'm this. And then the ending is really cool because it does that thing where it's like, you know, written on the screen, this character is now this, and it's not like we're just being like, here's an epilogue for the characters. It's literally like, oh, no, these are pages from Jamie well, Colette's new diary to explain oh, nice. this is what happened in her life. Anyway, that was totally killer. Peach, was that totally killer? Uh, it actually was reasonably killer, I think. I think I might have misjudged that one, Shag. I think I might have been a little bit quick to just make a couple of silly jokes and make a couple of flash judgments. It struck me that... Um, When you craft something and apply like a serious amount of effort to it and you are talented, right? It is not merely hard work. You actually have to be good as well. (laughs) That's a really good point. I tried so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, but you suck. Like that's actually one of the the lessons we learned in in the nightmare method, Shag. Mm. It doesn't matter how hard you try if you've got no talent. Yeah. That it strikes me that like if good people try hard to make good art, then you can often feel like you often really get that sense. Yeah. And this strikes me as pretty well crafted. So like when I'm sitting here saying, oh, the identity of the killer, maybe he's not quite so satisfying on the Wikipedia synopsis as it would have been in the film. There's a degree where that's not the fairest criticism <laughs> to offer to the film. So I suspect Shag that totally killer was totally killer. Is it is it the perfect Halloween film, Shag? Is it is it number one? Well, what I'd like to what I'd like to say is because again to mm. take it back to this weird timeline. As you're listening to this now, I think Halloween mm. is mere days away, mm. and I'd I'd like to challenge you if you're looking for a film to watch to check out this film, especially if you're a Peach Proxy because it's totally watchable like like for scaredy cats i just think this is the entry this is the film like this is the film to start with okay add it to the friendship homework 
Shag, I, like, is this the first time we've assigned friendship homework? Oh, wow. Oh, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe oh, this fuck, is. I the... don't like. I mean, the whole point of friendship homework is it's annoying. And, like, the last thing we want to do with this podcast is be annoying. But. Although maybe, like, we're evolving. We're open minded. I'm, I'm thinking flexibly. Maybe we're a friendship homework podcast. Don't listen to another Spooko episode until you've seen totally. <laughs> you're not allowed. Totally you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to eat your vegetables before you have your dessert. Or your rashes. Brought to you by rashes. <laughs> Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?